When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Friday night. It's eleven o'clock in my uh, my time zone. That that whole Eastern Eastern timey zoney. And there's no Will Allred tonight. He was feeling under the weather. He wanted to stick it out. And I went full elementary school nurse. I made him go to bed. I if I would if I lived with him, I would have put the blankets on him and patted his head. We 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 are not the show for people to uh, hang out when they're when they're sick. Uh, because we want everybody to be better. Will, we love you. We want you better. And when we do our 30-second pitches, I'm going to take over Crossover Division because I, I love the I love the book anyway, and I've heard him do the project. And I just said the 30-second pitch. We're going to get into that in one second. I want to say I am a very lucky person. Uh, things do work out for me in my life. So I don't want to say that I'm not lucky, because I am. But I rarely ever win anything like random giveaways especially giveaways that i didn't even know were happening um and i've been waiting for you guys to come back on to thank you for my amazing pop figure um, no, no problem so thank you i you know i i backed the kickstarter and um you know, I fried chicken and revenge. I, I was in it for fried chicken and revenge, and I got a one of a kind pot figure. So, thank you. Are we doing anything like that for the new campaign? Not for this one. Uh, when we do the actual uh, comic book version of it, we'll, we'll probably go a little more, you know, all out on that one. But this one, we're just going to keep it uh, relatively simple. All right, we're going to get into sultry slashers in a little bit, but um, I can tell you. Back their campaign, you might get something you didn't even know you were going to uh, get. So, um, first of all, our rule is if pets or babies are on the show, we need to hear names and we need to hear about them. So, can we be introduced to the little guy before we get started on the comics? Yeah, he has a lot to say. So, this is uh, this is Bowie, Bowie Zeppelin. Hello. <laughs> Uh, well, if with with musical name like that, he's got to have a lot to say. Oh yeah, he's shy right now. <laughs> well, Bowie, we are happy to have you. You pipe up whenever you want to, because you know what? In about fourteen years, we're all going to be trying to sell you comics. So uh, we want to. We'll say we'll say that we gave you your start. Um, 
you know what? we're on it let's let's talk 30 second pitch on sultry slashers if somebody was coming up to you on a at a comic convention uh <laughs> what would you bring their attention to i have two items uh <laughs> the sultry and the slashers but what would you guys do um well it is about five slasher girls who are best friends and usually you hear about the final girl this time you hear about the villains and uh, this is actually the pinup book uh, to introduce you to the characters that we want to do for the comic. Nice. All right. And uh, Jason Copeland, we've got Full Tilt, which is not Kickstarter. It's a Zoop campaign. How would you get somebody's attention on this book if you were at a comic convention? Uh, well, you just do the the simple, uh, it's, uh, it's uh, Godfather meets the Warriors uh, in the Blade Runner setting. Nice. All right. All right. Yeah. yeah, you have me at the Warriors. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, like I love The Godfather, but as a comic book, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait. But, but once you throw the Warriors in there, I, I'm in there. And there we've go. already talked about Broken Trident once, but we, we can't guarantee that somebody was here for issue one is, um, is back and vice versa. So, how would you get somebody's attention on Broken Trident Day? Um, so it's for people that are a uh, fan of like fantasy lore it's it's based off a D&D campaign that I ran a long time ago and um it's basically Janor the main character uh on a quest to figure out who destroyed his home world very nice and I will take over for Will um we don't have to do a deep dive he did it you can find it on our YouTube page about three weeks back crossover division is a world where um people can read a work of fiction and fall so much in love with it that they bring it into real life and guess what that usually has chaotic and disastrous consequences there's one group the crossover division that's job it is to uh take that fictional story and put it back in the book. So um, this is for a hardcover version of the first um, four or five, I'm not perfect, uh, but four or five issues. It is the first volume. And uh, Hector and Hank are great characters. Will's a great dude. So I I ask you to go check out that campaign. Let's bump them over, over his 100% funding. Um, you know, let's, uh, let's go back the opposite way. Um, Dave, can you share the screen for Broken Trident? We'll look at the campaign and yes. do a little bit more of a deep dive on this. Uh, while you pull it up, I will say that um, for my one of my sports teams, I you know I, I, I I'm addicted, so I'm on a message board and I get Paramount Plus for free. And tonight we watched Dungeons and Dragons. Damn, I wish I would have seen that in the movie theater. It was good. Did you guys <laughs> were sharing the screen. Real, sorry, real quick. Uh -huh. If I, once I hit share screen, is it going to ask me which monitor I want? That's a great question. We're going to find out together. Right, so we'll let's let's hit it and find out. I want the monitor with your your buddy playing video games in the background. That's the monitor <laughs> I want to see. All right, did that work? I think it did. There we go. Yep. Perfect. I'm on an ultra wide, so <laughs> on that one. All right. Let me pull up. All right. See you. Can you see it and everything? Yes, sir. So, so this is issue number two. Um, yep. how, is this a mini series or is this uh, running full on? I'm so it's kind of we're doing Broken Trident supposed to be five, potentially six. We're going to try to keep it to five issues. But at the bottom of the cover, you can see, and I'll go back up to these pages in a minute. I'm just trying to get to the cover. 
Well, that's one of the variants. Um, so it's Keepers of Venox, Chapter 2. So, like, Broken Trident 1 through 5 will be Chapters 1 through 5 of Keepers of Venox. And then we have four other miniseries planned for a total of 25. So, like, the next miniseries, Issue 1, will be Chapter 6. Okay. So, and the some of the characters will cross over. And, like, for instance, the girl on the cover here, Sandara, she will get her own miniseries. Um, I always forget which one we're doing next. I'm pretty sure hers is next. Um, but yeah, so it is kind of a mini series in a maxi series, I guess. No, that's interesting. And these characters sort of, do they overlap um, just slightly or, or does it tell kind of a, a long form narrative? Um, it'll be more of a long form narrative because like the, it'll be cohesive. Like at the end of Broken Trident number five, it should kind of lead right into whatever series we start next. No, that's cool. Is it going to be the same creative team? Yep. Yeah. I mean, assuming we keep everybody. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Cross those fingers. Yeah. Yeah. As it sits right now, for sure. Okay. And as I'm looking at this, I realized that I think I forgot. Yeah. I forgot to put the main cover up here at the top of the page. So I'll fix Oops. that when we're done with the stream. It, it, it's it's always when you have, you know, like I think it was, oh, I'm, I'm wearing a Neil Gaiman shirt. I think Neil Gaiman said that um, no matter how many times do you go through your book, when you get your the final printed copy, you can open it up to any page and you will find the one typo you missed. <laughs> so it's all one. Yeah. <laughs> So it's always when you're you're looking at it and there's nothing you can do. But I have good news. You've got like 18 days to put that up. And yeah, and so we'll, tonight that will be up. <laughs> and we won't tell anybody. Uh, yeah, we, right? no, you know, we'll edit that part out. Um. <laughs> so this, you had talked about this being a Dungeon and Dragons campaign. How how closely does the narrative follow what you guys played, uh, or is it just sort of like? It was kind of fun that we did that and we, but let's find a story in it. Yeah. So Janor, the main character, the kind of pinkish purple guy, he was my first ever D and D. Like I didn't run the campaign. Another guy did. It was, but it was my first um, D and D character. And so his backstory for the comic is right out of my D and D backstory, other than I changed his name because it was too close to a DC character's name. Um, for the campaign, it didn't matter, you know. Right. Um, but the the story that that he's going to be in in the comic isn't really out of the D and D campaign, but his backstory is. And then I actually started writing my own campaign that I was going to do, that I was going to run, and then it never happened. So a lot of that campaign will be in the comic, and a lot of elements out of that. Since I've never played Dungeons and Dragons, how close is creating a campaign to writing? A story. <sighs> so, creating a Dungeons and Dragons campaign is like writing a choose-your-own-adventure book, but you don't get to choose the adventure as the writer. So it's, it's. I think it's harder to write a D and D campaign, to be honest, because you can write all this stuff that your players are going to do, and then one of your players gets some wild hair up their ass to do something that you didn't at all expect and it takes them down a completely different path. And now everything you wrote has to be played in another session or something. And you got to think on your feet and change it where at least with the comic, you you're in full control over it. And, and 
and you know you just script it so i mean it obviously has its challenges as you all know but the the dnd campaigns are, are they can get complicated <laughs> uh, that's interesting so um i know you talked about how you got the team together last time but as a refresher how did you find your your artists um so uh eiler was i found him in a dnd fantasy group on facebook um it was like dnd fantasy art i think is what the name of the group is and we had commissioned him to draw our characters for that game and then when i decided to write the comic i, I first called travis my co-writer editor um, he has to be up at like four in the morning. That's why he's not here with us. Um, talked to him about it and he was on board to co-write and edit and everything. And then uh, I had sent a few feelers out to some groups for artists, but I had messaged Eiler directly because I already knew him and was asked if he drew comics. And he said yes and immediately sent me samples, which were some of the samples he sent me were How to Build an Army, that other campaign I was on your show about mm -hmm. a couple months ago. Um, and we liked his art right away and um, I didn't even interview or talk to any of the other artists at that point. And then um, the other name on the book, uh, Oliver Yellow, that's just essentially his assistant. Like he's kind of an up and coming artist. So he's been helping him. And we did have uh, Chris Beck, who's in the comics launch group as well. Um, he was helping me with, he did the lettering for the first few pages and then he taught me how to do it. So now it's down to the, just the four of us, but well, kind of Eiler also picked up a couple other assistants for his art. So how has that changed doing the lettering yourself? Is it, uh, are you, do you, do you kind of do more editing because you can play around on the page? Way more. We, we, we completely changed how we write scripts after the first issue because we had written the script very specifically. Um, and like told Eiler, you know, this has to be this panel and this page and blah, blah, blah. And, and then uh, we were going to have someone else do the lettering. So we like, you know, we had to have it there. Well, then when we took it over, we had maybe nine pages already lettered and we did the rest of that 30, 36 pages or whatever it was. And as we were lettering it, uh, Travis was like, oh, no, that sounds horrible. Change that. Delete that. Whatever. There was one page that I had lettered by myself. He wasn't sitting next to me. And like it was. Uh, in Broken Trident 1 where Janor and, and Zadrin are swimming swim, swimming back up to the surface and it's like them in multiple spots on the page and I had to get super creative with the lettering and like wrap lines all around them and it was like half the page was lettering and Travis read it and he was like this is way too much text just get rid of all of this and we're going to start over and I was like oh. <laughs> really wish you would have been here with me <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so now when we write the script we just give eiler like a description of what we want on the pages and then we do like a very basic script of what they're gonna say the dialogue and things like that and then as we're lettering the page we kind of just edit as we go and it makes it a lot more fluid and, and easier that way i think I want to I want to bring Jason in for a second. You write and and illustrate Full Tilt. Do you letter it as well, or did do you have a dedicated letterer on it? Uh, Troy Pateri is going to letter the book. Um, okay. Troy, Troy Troy does DC and Top Cow. He Marvel. He's he's a he's a top notch guy. So um, yeah, so he's taking care of that. Although I was talking to uh, like a couple hours ago, trying to figure out uh, <laughs> try to start lettering for myself. Um, and talking about getting affinity um and yeah i'll have to mess around with that and see what can happen because I, I i understand the lettering I, I 
it, it's it's something that I, I think I would take to fairly easy. So, um, so it kind of makes sense for me to start doing it. But yeah, uh, yeah. but for full tilt, it's Troy. Okay, and I'm There's... I'm stoked he's on it because he's fantastic. I just want to like we don't get as many artists on on here. We get writers. Will and I are writers, and, <laughs> and often we, you know, honestly, usually when we get a writers like you, where they've done the whole book, so we kind of like jump, like, all right, so what does a art, what does an artist think about this? Because <laughs> you know, like it's 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 a new and and in comics pretty important perspective. Um, when you look at a page as you're starting to thumbnail and illustrate, how much do you think of what the lettering? will be um as you're as you're doing your planning oh uh, well, i yeah uh i'm very conscious of of um well i wrote the essentially i wrote full tilt via dialogue um because because i was going to draw it i don't really need panel descriptions or you know cues to, as to who what they're how they're reacting and that sort of stuff it's all sort of in my head so um so i actually just wrote it in dialogue and then broke it into panels and so once i figured once I had that, I knew who was on the left, who was on the right, and figure out the blocking and that sort of stuff. Um, it's so while I'm laying it out, I'm you know I'm really conscious of where the dialogue's going to go already. Oh, that's that's very interesting. I really right. need to learn to draw. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I say that every writer should draw, and not necessarily your comic, but you should be drawing and getting an understanding of storytelling and and look at your when you draw something and then try to put words to it and realize that how much, how much space you actually need for the dialogue and also who's talking, you don't want, you don't want tails crossing. You don't want the person on the right talking first and then the person on the left talking next, because then you got these weird cross tails and stuff like that. So right. you have to be really conscious of that sort of flow. And David, um, if, if that happens, you might work like eight hours on a page and your uh, partner might tell you to scrap it. Just, yeah, exactly. just letting you know. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it can it can be time consuming if you're going down the wrong road. <laughs> I, I used to draw a lot as a kid, me and Travis, the co-creator, we would draw quite a bit. I, I would. And at the time, the plan was at eight or oh, wow. we, 12 and eight years old. I was 12. Um, we were going to make a comic you know at that age and we we drew a bunch of characters and and i was okay at it i they're in our video for the first kickstarter i actually pop up on the screen two characters that we had and they're pretty bad i mean you know like i said they're drawn by a 12 year old but so i used to draw and i the whole goal was to learn how to do it in the comic book style and then i realized that i was 18 and needed a job and go to college and make money and i didn't i didn't keep up with it yeah. Hey, Al Alan Moore started this whole thing to be a cartoonist where he wrote and drew everything and he gave up the drawing part. I think if it's good enough for Alan Moore to not draw, I'm I, I, I'm going to just kind of like. <laughs> yeah, I'll take that. But, but but I mean, I do. I do. My first draft of a script is is really terrible thumbnails on a page. because I, I really don't understand the geography of the page unless I draw it on. But I then give the artist full, like, as long as the story is the same on this page, I don't care <laughs> what you draw. And, you know, at this point, you know, Ludo and I have, he, he knows he can just do what he wants. And then we just fix the narration and dialogue to fit what's on the page. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I was doing that in issue one. I'd, I had a lot of really bad, like, stick figure drawings and 
squares on a page with little you know stick figures here and there just be like this is what i want the page to look like and now we've gained so much trust in Eiler that and and like i said we kind of switched the way we're doing it so so it's Okay, alleviated me having to do horrible drawings on a piece of computer paper. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't show anybody these, by the way. <laughs> I only show Eiler and Travis. I don't even show the artists. I, 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 I then type in what I think I might have drawn. <laughs> um, Chastity, and, and how, how do you guys, uh, when you, you sit down to, to write a script, do you draw it out first? you write it by dialogue? How do you guys... Um, usually start with outline first and um, then from the outline I'll hand over to her and she'll start flushing it out then like you know we'll take like the you know whatever's in paragraph form or whatever I'll start kind of like sectioning it off like all right this should be like the first page panel one I'll do like I'll do a little light sketches where characters yeah. Are and like, yeah and then once we get the thumbnails kind of down and the placement of words that we'll do like a tighten up version of the script then once we got that we'll send it off to the uh, artists and let them run with it awesome all right well dave let's let's talk about some of your um tiers on the campaign before we pop over to another one can someone get issue one with this yeah they can um really quick i wanted to point out some of these covers that sure we must scroll down to the tiers so we only had three covers last time and we have six this time which kind of got a little overwhelming but i I just, this is not our artist. This is just a, another guy that I had found on Facebook, but I'm just so in love with this. You know, you recognize the new mutants mm -hmm. cable first appearance there. I just, I'm so in love with that cover and it's been kind of popular. And then I had another guy that I met online. Uh, he's out of England, do the green arrow, green lantern crossover. Um, and then Nathan Lewis, I, you, you know who that is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So he did this cover as well. Um, so that was six and got to be a lot, but uh, I, I just love them all. Um, so which then that brings us to rewards. So you were saying, can you get one with it? Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's a tier for just obviously the single covers and stuff. And then there, yeah, there's a tier for one and two. Um, and then everything comes with digital that too. Um, there's that cover retailer tier. Nathan's cover. So that'll be our most, you know, they go up in price. Obviously that'll be our right. most limited cover. Um, and is Nathan, is Nathan uh, running a campaign right now? I believe he just, yeah, he is. We're, um, I'll, I'll actually scroll down a little bit and talk a little bit more about that, but we're doing a crossover thing. Oh, cool. Um, so, and then you can also get all six covers and then I think, yeah, I have a, where is it? So this is a catch up where you can get, all nine so the first first issue all three covers and then all six covers from this issue um and then yeah let me go down to that uh well i can go through these real quick too so we have our big bundles too we had another lego minifigure done mm -hmm. um we have a whole little army of those by the time we're done we talked about how cool it would be to like design a lego ship and have that and then have all our little figures on it um your your underwater ships well the, there's the pirate ship that oh gotcha gotcha that, that when they're not underwater so i thought i was like oh, i could just even just buy like a lego pirate ship and not have it designed and save some money <laughs> masking tape and right broken track yeah right, on it right? one of 25. yeah 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 so um go past the add-ons 
what's happening in my mouth. <laughs> Buy an $80 Lego figure and put it on your Kickstarter for 25 Yep. <laughs> uh, so Nathan and our artist Eiler worked together to make this crossover print. So that's uh, Nathan's campaign, the canon of, I always say it wrong. It's Vangel, right? Or is it, I'm pretty sure it's Vangel. I always, Nathan's going to kill me. I always say it wrong. But um, so that's his main character. That's our main character. So um, him and Eiler got together and drew that. So if you back his campaign and our campaign, you can get a, a six by nine print of this. If you back physical, if you back them both digital, you just get it emailed to you, a digital copy. Awesome. So, yes. Yeah, so he does have one live right now. And it's his, his second issue of that series as well. Very cool. All right. I'm going to pop off this. Actually, David, can you uh, can you stop sharing it? I believe if I stop sharing it, I'll kick you out. And I don't want to do that. <laughs> I, want you to, I want you to hang with us uh, as, as long as you can be with us. Um, I think when we did the 30-second pitch, Jason, you were second. So I'm going to pull up the uh, the the banner of the, the Zoop campaign. So uh, don't go to kickstarter.com and put in full tilt. Go to zoop.gg slash C slash full tilt to check this one out. I, I do, I wanna give you a compliment, Jason. Um, I think there's a, a question about how, how early we should be talking about our projects to make um, a crowdfunding campaign pop. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a, a, a question of talk about it the whole time you're working on it, get people excited, salivated, ready. And then there's a, a thought of people will forget. So just wait till three weeks before and let them know. And you've been talking on Twitter. Uh, I mean, this is the first time we've met, but I, I've been following you for a while. And it's you've been talking about full tilt the entire time I've been following you. Mm -hmm. I can tell you personally. I was so excited for this campaign to pop because you have been so passionately talking about the process of the work, not necessarily what this comic is, <laughs> you know, like I'm doing this badass comic. I'm writing it. I'm drawing it. It's full tilt. It's, you know, dub double spreads. What is 200 pages, 300 pages, like it's 308. Yeah. 308 pages and you've been talking about it and i i was time. so excited <laughs> and when this campaign popped i mean what twenty thousand in the first day is yeah that, i think it was 26 yeah so i i'm not gonna say that this is the answer of do you talk about it the whole time <laughs> or do you wait but yeah. i'm gonna say that when you talk about your if you're a creator watching this when you talk about your project talk about it with the passion that you're putting into the pages because i i am so excited to read this and i was so excited to read this before i knew that james powell had worked with you on it and he could actually tell me no no it is great so <laughs> so you know like I've, I've had creators say this book is so great and i've yeah. backed it because the creator's into it and and 80% of the time, it's a good book. And 20% of the time, I'm super happy that their book got made. You know, it's not for me. But I, I have it on James Powell's, you know, solid oath. This is a great comic as well as you. So I think it was a great job talking about it. So where did Full Tilt come from in, in the recesses of your brain? And how long have you been thinking about it and working on it? Uh, well, Full Tilt 
started about 10 years ago in my brain. Um, but it wasn't until um, about five years ago that I decided that, that now was the time. I've been doing work. i had done a few things like individual issues of Marvel. I had done some dread stuff at IDW. Um, I, we did kill all monsters that went through dark horse. Um, and so I was kind of just at a point where uh, I could try looking for more work or I could just take the plunge and write for myself. And so I'd been kind of thinking about this thing for a while and uh, just the timing was right. My wife kind of said, you know, now's the time. So I was like, well, all right, let's go. Um, so yeah, so that was five years ago. And uh, I did a few covers for people and right. I did an issue of Kurt Pierce, um Olympia. Uh, so that kind of got a little bit of stuff, a little bit of cash that came in. But generally, I was not making anything. Uh, and I was just focusing on this. So that's one reason why I was able to talk about it on Twitter all the time, because that's <laughs> essentially all I was doing was doing right. this book for the last five years. Um, yeah, it, uh, it, it's a, a definitely a passion project. And it's a it's it's a book that I'm really proud of. And just uh, you talk about James Powell, we should probably just say who he was or who he is. He's not dead. Um, James <laughs> Powell is. Uh, <laughs> we hope I haven't I haven't messaged with him in a day and a half. Yeah, he was well, super he healthy yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah, I don't talk in absolutes generally. Yes. Um, so uh, he um, he was an editor. Well, he's a writer and he was the editor for uh, some of the Kill a Monster stuff. And so uh, I've been friends with him for quite some time. And uh, when it got to the point where I needed eyes on it to make sure I was going in the right direction, uh, James, uh, I hired James to look it over and, and give me some notes and that sort of thing. So uh, I was very uh, pleased when he wrote back and said that it was actually pretty good because when that comes from James Powell saying that something is, you know, it's pretty good. I, you know, that's pretty solid. It's actually means that that's, it's, is it's good. It's, it's, it's he, he beyond just, yeah, it's okay. It's like, he oh, doesn't, right. he doesn't bullshit you. You know, no, not he, at all. He's he's very tough. Um, yeah. Yeah. So when he was like giving me the thumbs up, I was like, oh, thank God. Like, like the last couple of years haven't been in vain. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So that, that's James Powell. Um, yeah. But it, this is pretty much a singular vision sort of thing. It's just me. Um, and then Troy's going to letter it. And uh, so the cover and the logo were done by um, Tim Daniel, who does uh, who writes for vault and he's also vault vault comics like uh design guru he designs all their books all the interior um and he does all the the trade dress and all that sort of he's he's fantastic as well so he did the cover and he did the logo and he's going to do the interior design of it as well and the book itself is going to be 320 pages hardcover oversized um yeah black and white I, it's a black and white book it was always going to be a black and white book because that's sort of how i see um and uh yeah that pretty much sums it up it's a massive book it's a it's I mean, an art object for sure it's going to look fantastic 308 and, uh, pages for 50 dollars for a hardcover is yeah a, is a yeah like unbelievable value for i mean like like you I, i'm not gonna say i'm not gonna give you any advice because you've made thirty eight thousand dollars uh, I'll, t I'll take advice, but I'm going to say you, if you're listening to this, like you can't get a better price on a hardcover yeah. that's over 150 pages, much yeah, less. I was trying, I, the goal of the book has always been, I mean, this sounds stupid, but I, I'm not really in it for the money. I'm not looking to make 
well, $38,000. I mean, that honestly thought I was going to scrape down the road and barely make the 10. When we set it at 10, I was like, oh my God, I, that last week is going to be hell while we try to get people to get there. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it funded in like an hour and 10 minutes or something is like, oh, okay. Um, but um, but uh, oh, I've lost my train of thought. I don't know where I was going. Um, just that uh, that uh, it's um, it's something that I just had to be made. Like it, it was always going to be a big book. Like I wasn't, I didn't get written in as issues. It didn't get written as trades. Um, I can't, I can't really break it up into like I've talked to publishers. They were like, oh, we're interested in publishing this, and I was like, well, it's one big book, and and you know that's that. I wasn't about to break yeah. it up and try to sell it as anything else. It's just one big uh, experience so and now, now that they have proof of concept they might publish it that way as well but they weren't going to do that out of the box well yeah and this is the first yeah. time i ever really wrote for myself so yeah a 308 page book by a, essentially a new writer uh but you know i've the the my calling card is more the art than the writing but mm-hmm. um the fact that james uh was really supportive and, and really positive i think that it's actually quite a good read. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, can you share the page and we can, at well, least... I can certainly try. I, I'm not good at this, uh, this type of shit. I mean, we, stuff. Hey, can I swear? You can uh, say, shit. you can, <laughs> you can, you can say whatever the fuck you want. Oh, all right. Okay. So now it's saying, uh, share oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Bowie. Uh, ear, ear, earmuffs on Bowie. There you go. Oh man. I don't know what I'm doing. What the hell is all this? Um, well, you know what? I can I can do it on my end because I I oh wait this. maybe maybe if I click oh okay yeah all right here we go yeah okay I see it okay all right so there's here the cover by Tim fantastic um yeah it's uh over oversized um right now essentially all you can get it you can only just get the hardcover or the hardcover signed the remarked ones sold out um. Uh, we got some original art. Oh, you mentioned double page spreads. I have so many double page spreads in this book. It's, it's crazy. Um, but they're available f- for purchase, pretty much all of them. Uh, all the, um, yeah. And then the, uh, the commission sold too. So that's a little blurb about it. Uh, that goes into more than that, uh, five second thing I said at the beginning, um, kind of deals with the, the setting and a little bit about the, the main character, uh, Mosmo Miller, who, who works for the crime family. And he's at a meeting of all the bosses of this uh, giant city and all the crime bosses, and they all get assassinated and he's the lone survivor. And so the new bosses essentially accuse him of these assassinations and they are trying to hunt him down. So his deal is to kind of make it home uh, and kind of figure out who who's responsible for for the um the deaths of all of the crime family bosses and one of them is is the, his mentor and friend so you know it's personal it's not just um you know it's not just regular old revenge it's personal um and then uh, then there's a preview i've got uh, i think 16 pages uh th- these fall fairly early in the story this is just after um, that, well, actually, that explosion is amazing. Oh yeah, so this is where he discovers all the heads of the, of the families are dead, um, including his boss, who is this this dude here. 
and then uh so yeah and then then it then he just starts going and that's sort of where the name of the book came from full tilt was that the original concept was um was you know this this initiating uh, circumstance at the beginning and then he would just be forced to continuously be on the move deal with all the the obstacles and stuff that comes his way um but then as i was doing the book i just realized that there needed to be more there needed to be more story and more nuance so uh it it changed slightly uh in that it wasn't just one big john wick book anymore it it became uh it became deeper and it talks talks about um different themes like love and hate and power and and control and family family's a big one so um yeah, I don't know. I mean, some of the two-page spreads that are in it. I actually have. Uh, this sounds crazy, but I have eleven consecutive twenty or eleven consecutive two-page spreads that all connect from one to another. So it's actually a twenty-two-page spread. Um, <laughs> yeah, these are the kind of things that uh, <laughs> that that artists shouldn't be allowed to just do their own books. So here's my question: If a there writer, is here, that's the twenty-two page. If a writer did this to you, would you strangle them, or would you be like, "Cool"? Uh, I probably would be pretty pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> are you traditional or are you digital? Uh, I do my roughs digitally, but everything uh, the the final work is all done traditional. Really good work. Oh, Thanks. Yes. Yeah, I've uh, here got some praise from Phil Hester and J.H. Williams the third. And Dan yeah, J.H. Williams is a hack. And uh, who cares what he says, Jason, Sean, Alexander, like very, I'm very, uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of humbled by the things that they said. It was it's pretty fantastic. So, um, yeah. And then uh, we're working towards our at 40,000. We'll unlock a free uh, poster for all physical backers. And then I'm really hoping we get to 50. It feels like a bit of a stretch at this point, but uh, which would give us uh, the lay flat binding. Um, which I think is really key for this book because there are so many two-page spreads. It would be mm-hmm. nice to be able to um, ha- make sure that that book lies flat. So, well, how many? How, how much time do you have left on this campaign? Uh twenty days, I believe. Okay, I mean, definitely, I, it's yeah. it's certainly not out of the realm. And and now now that I realize it's fifty dollars for three hundred pages, I'm going to. Um, insult people who don't take advantage of you for that. Uh, I mean, it's that that's incredible. I, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at our next hardcover probably being about 140 pages and I'm expecting it to be $50. Yeah. You know, cover price. Yeah. That's the the Zoop guys are, are the guys that are responsible for like finding the printer and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I don't know who they've gone with, but uh, I was a little surprised that, um, that they were able to, we were able to price it at the price that we had it. So, well, I, I did want to talk about that because we've had people. I, 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 Will and I have exclusively used Kickstarter, but we're super happy that there's other. There's a lot of options because you, in this in this landscape, you never know who's going to buy what and make what changes. Uh, I might be alluding to something, but that's okay. Um, so yeah, I love Kickstarter. I, it's great. Um, some people use Indiegogo, some people backer kit now has crowdfunding, crowdfunder, Zoop is out. Um, I think Zoop started where they were sort of the shepherds of the project for creators and everyone we've had on that's been Zoop has done it themselves. 
but you're letting them sort of manage the project. What discussions did you reach out to them? Did they reach out to you about about using them? Uh, they reached out to me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like you say, I've been I've been kind of beating the drum on the on the interwebs there for quite some time. So a couple, the 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 two guys, Eric and, and uh, Jordan, I, they knew of my stuff, you know, for the, the way that I've been talking about it for so long. So once I got to a certain point, uh, and I probably said, "Gee, I wonder what I should do with this if I'm going to kickstart it." They reached out to me, and and we we talked about it in advance. So yeah, um, yeah, they're doing a great job. And so you give you give them all right. This book is going to be this many pages. Do you give them your dream book? Like I'd love it to be hardcover. I'd love it to yeah. be this. I don't want it to be soft cover. How do, how did those discussions go? I told them they said yes. <laughs> there wasn't there wasn't a whole lot of discussion. They, I mean, they're what they want to do is 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 like you say, shepherd in, they want to make sure that the book that I'm making is a book that I'm really happy with. That it's the book that I want to make. So uh, when they asked me what it is that is up for the book, I told them this is what it is. And they were like, okay, we'll, we'll check out and see what we can do about that. So um, there is never discussion about it being anything else. Okay, cool. That's, yeah. that's awesome. And, and um, you know, I fulfill myself. I think most Kickstarter creators fulfill in one way or another themselves, but to be able to kind of just do the work, have it succeed and have some, you know, like elves working at sleep, <laughs> that's kind of a dream too, you know? So yeah. that's, there's, you know, but I, I guess, I guess I have to learn how to draw as good as you and draw a 308 page uh, action <laughs> well, I wouldn't thriller. Suggest, I wouldn't suggest anyone do 308 pages. <laughs> I, I'm an idiot. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, <laughs> I also needed to make sure that I had fulfillment. Uh, like I had to use a fulfillment service. I'm Canadian. So, mm -hmm. uh, so shipping from Canada to the United States or anywhere, even within Canada is super expensive. So, um, I would have needed somebody to fulfill it in the States anyway. So that was sort of like, you know, that was a bonus, but the fact that they were going to hunt down the, a, a printer and deal with the printer and get them the files and all that sort of stuff, that that's the stuff that I was just like, you know what? I, I don't, that's not, my brain isn't built for that. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'm more than happy to, to let those guys go do that. For me. That's awesome. All right. You called yourself an idiot. I'd say 474 people oh. are arguing against you. Yeah. So. Or, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I'm maybe not an idiot. I'm a dreamer. Let's put it that way. There I'm you go. Dreamer. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Well, well, let's, let's go from dreams to, to sexy nightmares. Uh, Chris and Chastity. So where did sultry slashers come from? Well, and Bowie, you can jump in whenever you want to. This is your time. <laughs> it, it was just a joke. It started as a joke. Like most things we come up with do. You know, we just wanted to do, after the rap, you know, we want to take a little break from Rabbit and uh, just do something a little more lighthearted. Not lighthearted, but a little easier, you know. <laughs> yeah. Plus, pin-up book, we figured it's easier to produce because we don't got to write it. It's just doing, you know, illustrations. And in the mm -hmm. meantime, we've come up with, like, this crazy story. And now I'm going to be, like, I'm going to be upset if I don't finish that one, too. I have too many stories but, uh, in my head. But, we're, uh, we're horror fans. I'm, I'm a yeah. huge horror fan. That's 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 kind of, you know, again, my background, you know, 
horror films and stuff. So we decided, you know, why don't we just do like, uh, you know, sexy parody versions of like our favorite slashers from the 70s, 80s and 90s, you know, put it out there and see what people think. And then the book, the the comic book is going to be like a comedy horror, kind of like um, uh, Tucker and Dale. Tucker and Dale or, or uh, oh, so like a, a full comedy, not like a Freddy comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah just yeah. like a it's just very like self aware, gory for the fun of it. <laughs> yeah, not okay. gory for the evil. Like fun, <laughs> fun gory. Um, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up the page so we can look at these sexy pinups while you talk about it because. Why not? Um, here we go. So you said you've got five five villains. Um, what are are they? Kind of direct parodies, or are they uh, just homages to some of the slashers that we grew up with? Kind of like both. A little mixture of both. They're homages, and some are well. Okay. So Lacey Lake Stalker, right? Obviously. I'm not going to name names, but you know who it's after, right? It does <laughs> certainly look like a mask is on her face. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so anyways, like, we we did this little bio of them that would be kind of like you would find with, like, a pinup in a magazine, like, likes and dislikes and hobbies and, like, all that stuff. And so you kind of get, like, a little feel for what the characters are. So, like, Lacey... Um, you know, enjoys camping, really outdoorsy, um, and then adding in, you know, she likes to walk in a slow motion, yet somehow at a fast pace. Like, um, and that's kind of like what the book's gonna be like too, like little yeah. things like that. Um, so Dollface is kind of like an anti-doll person that likes Halloween and hates babysitters. Um, and then you have Candy Claus, which is like a Christmas character um but her hobbies include astral projection and collecting christmas decorations like just whatever and then, <laughs> then, and then um heidi uh she doesn't say much of anything she grunts a lot eats meat likes chainsaws oh, gotcha. <laughs> i'm yeah. with you now i'm i've caught up on heidi yeah, yeah. and uh bella is kind of you know, the S&M kind of, uh, you know, suffering clearly an homage to, like, a Hellraiser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When, when I first saw Sultry Slashers, I actually didn't know it was you guys doing it. And I thought, oh, I wonder if, like, um, that that the new Hellraiser with, with the female pinhead. I was like, oh, that's so smart. Cause that's, you know, when I looked at that image, I was like, oh, I kind of get being into the villain now. You know, I like, I'm like, oh, I, I, I sort of get that because that's, there's something happening there. But um, uh, I'm, I'm glad you have a Hellraiser in there for that reason. Yeah. And then the, so there's, it's a pinup book. There's 32 pages. So what we're offering is any of those 32 can be your cover. Oh, okay. Um, so the only one where we have all five on the same cover is the one by Robert Nix. Um, and then there's nice and naughty versions of each one. Roberto, um, the one who did the watercolors, I mean, this is all like straight up on paper. And he did wow. 10. So he did 10 pieces for us. 
are those available within the campaign? Um, they are not because okay. I haven't paid to have them shipped to me yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Raj, uh, he, like, we tried to go with artists that have like different styles. Yeah. Um, and then Raj is kind of like, more realistic. Yeah, more realistic. Um, yeah. Yeah. And he did 10 covers. Um, and then Miss we Hempi. have Miss Hempai, who is more of like the waifu. Uh, exactly. Um, kind of like, uh, yeah. Well, you, you see. So. Yeah, I see all five girls there. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's the Robert Nix one. So. Got it. Um, so, yeah. Uh, there's options for you to get, like, if you prefer one artist over another, you can get their sets um, with 10 covers for each set. There's a 666 pack where you can choose any six covers um, that you like. For sixty-six dollars? Um, no. <laughs> you should have talked to me. But you should have talked to me. <laughs> Although, if it's more than sixty-six, you did the right thing. Yeah, but they do include free shipping. All the prices, free shipping. Okay. Or in the U.S. and the bigger tier, I think, is free shipping international. Too, I, so. I do not want to, you know, be too um, risque, but when you said the bigger T, and I was looking at this. <laughs> cover i thought you were actually spe specifying how the artist <laughs> drew uh uh so no no the bigger tears yes sorry yeah. go, go yeah. ahead I, uh, my mind went uh a little a little uh in a fun place <laughs> but uh another reason we, we decided to like a pinup book because we we uh we got friends that have done them and they do fairly well on kickstarter it's like a big demographics for these type of books so that's why we tried it as well Mm -hmm. Yeah, just to, you know, kind of see if this would even be something people are interested in. And, and how, how do you feel now, now that you're, what, about a week and a half, two weeks into the campaign? How do you feel about it? Uh, pretty good. We almost doubled what our goal was, so. Yeah. Can't complain about that. Yeah. And then, you know, um, I forgot to mention we had the calendars, too. Um, so I did the layouts and all that stuff for the calendars and the dates are right. No worries. Uh, <laughs> I triple checked that there's actually 13 months. We did an update about it. It says, 12 I don't months. think it's right then. Well, it's, it goes into January of uh, 2025. <laughs> and, uh, for the 13th one, we had to do it, of course, with the Lacey cover. Yes. Um, for now, did you do it with the mask or is she wearing, uh, the, um, what was it, uh, Jason Warren 2? It was just a sack, right? Oh, the sack. It was part two. Yeah. It, it's uh, it's the best. So okay. All right. yeah. if we could, if we continue to do this, we'll do like little Easter egg. No, we'll do variations of the characters based on what, what sequel it was and all that kind of thing. Have you ever thought of doing the most unsexy and having Lacey's mother? Uh... <laughs> There's ideas, <laughs> you know. And I mean, we do more. You know, there's other killers and stuff. I thought about that would be cool to do parodies. We of. actually have one that I really, really, really want to do, but I can't say what it is. Okay, That's all right. It's one of the more obscure ones, more obscure killers. I mean, some of my favorite slashers are more like unknown ones. 
you know, everybody knows Freddy and Jason and stuff, but like, you know, you need to like the more crazy one, like Sleepaway Camp and Maniac oh, and all that, you know. Yeah. So we, we watched uh, Sleepaway Camp because it was on How Did This Get Made? And I was like, my God, I told my wife, we have to watch this. And it's interesting. It's, it's, it's a thing. It's a whole thing. And years later, we saw Sleepaway Camp 2 and 3 were on Tubi. So we were like, heck yeah, let's watch it. So we watched them two nights in a row, and I literally had a nightmare about Sleepaway Camp 2 and 3 where, you know, friggin' Bruce Springsteen's sister came to kill me at night. And I told my wife, we, we can't watch any horror for a couple of weeks now because Sleepaway Camp gave me a nightmare. <laughs> two I mean, was fun. Two was a fun one. I, I thought they were both fun. All three are fun. Uh, yeah. One's terrible, and two and three are terrible, but they know they're yeah. terrible. Yeah, three. The first one is not politically correct. That one is has some mm, fair wild one. <laughs> fair. Awesome. All right. Well, let me check. I've been I've been over I've been over on things, so I haven't been able to check. Um, uh, cool. We had Charlie pop in during the full tilt and talk about full tilt insanity. So. Uh, <laughs> Uh, oh, Charlie! Yeah, oh, he's the best. Uh, he's he's doing a, I think, Comic Con Revolution in Ontario, uh, California today. So, um, so he's probably just just sitting back trying to rehydrate after a day of comic insanity. So, I don't know if you're still on, Charlie, but I hope it was a great day. I hope you had a blast and sold some uh, sold hell out of some white ass and some Clarion. Um, well, Dave said his dog was at the door and he had to to go away. So we're not going to cut it out until he can get back. But it's it's almost midnight at my time. So we're going to uh, cut it. And I'm going to thank everybody for, for coming and talking. It was a blast to hear about all the campaigns. Dave, uh, before we go, just in case someone came in, if Charlie missed the 30-second uh, uh, pitches at the beginning, um, Dave, if Charlie Stickney was walking past your booth, um, besides saying, Hey, you're that guy. Uh, I would be would in you... awe that I was meeting Charlie Stickney. <laughs> Absolutely. So how would you tell him and everybody is specific to Charlie as you can, because we're going to put him on, on, oh, the, God, uh, I, on, put me on the spot. Uh, how would you sell Charlie Stickney broken trident? Oh God. I, I think I'd just stick with my normal pitch because I don't even know where to begin there. I'd be I'd I'd be like a fangirling out. <laughs> um, but yeah, just if, if you like, you know, pirates. listen, guys. I just want you to know, Charlie Stickney is more afraid of you than you are of him. <laughs> <laughs> good to know. Good to know. Um, yeah, if you like pirates, fantasy lore, Dungeons and Dragons, Aquaman, things like that. Um, it's it's a pirate adventure. The main characters can swim underwater. His his underwater home was destroyed, and he's trying to figure out who or what did it. So nice. All right, I I, I would lean into the sexy women pinups, but how would you get Charlie Stickney to buy sultry slashers? Love horror from the seventies, eighties, and nineties. Or you want a more like sexy pinup version? Check it out. Nice. All right, and uh, let's get some full tilt insanity, Charlie. How would you how would you get Charlie Stickney's butt to buy a three hundred and eight page hardcover for fifty dollars? And I think I kind of said it. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't know if I tailor my pitch to Charlie any differently. <laughs> <laughs> buy my book, motherfucker. That's there you I mean. go. Nice. <laughs> That's what I was looking for. 
<laughs> we're all too nice to that guy. Oh. That guy, we're all too nice to him. Oh, Charlie's nice to everybody. Oh, he's smart. Oh, he's helpful. You know what? Sure, that's all true, but fuck that guy. No, come on. <laughs> you know what? My my deal is when I meet somebody who is universally loved like Charlie, and I love him too. You got to give him some shit, man, because he just gets he's too comfortable. You know, that's my theory. All right. So, um, Charlie, you got to get on crossover division for our buddy, Will. He's the hardcover collection of the first four or five issues I forgot. And uh, basically, people reading old stories can fall so much in love with them that they bring them into our world. And uh, it's never the good kind of bring into the world. It's always chaos and destruction. Uh, Crossover Division is a group that is is sent to send the stories back to where they belong and uh, bring order to the chaos. So I want to thank everybody for coming. As always, I want to thank Will for going to bed and getting healthy because I want to see you next week. And uh, Jason, it was nice to meet you. Chris, Chastity, and Dave, it was great to see you again. And uh, uh, when 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 Broken Trident 3 is out, I want to see you. When when the comic of Sultry Slashers is out, I want to see you. Jason, 10 years from now, Full Tit 2? Full Tit 2, we're going to... Well, I'm sorry. I said Full Tit. I think that's Sultry Slashers. Um, <laughs> full Tilt 2 in 10 years. Are we going we gonna to make a date? Uh, no, it'll be something different. All right. All right. But, well, there'll be, but there will be something more. Yeah. Either way, let's see you in a decade. Thank you every, uh, All right, very thanks, much, Kevin. everybody. Have a great thanks, day. Kevin. All right. Bye. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now